Hi, welcome to... Tradition! Welcome to episode 13 of Traditions. Well, I called that one right. Episode 12 visited Greece, and I guessed it might be even more popular than episode 4 on premarital counseling. My hunch was right. Your interest in the traditions of Greece is so far an all-time winner. Now we're off to a beautiful destination about a third of the way around the world the spectacular islands of Japan. I'll start off with an honest admission. I believe all brides are beautiful, but when Asian women are beautiful, they are stunning. Combine this with the tendency towards dainty and demure, and it's easy to understand the attraction to that part of the world. Add in the ecologic beauty of the region and its culture, and you discover a true work of art. For anyone who loves scenic splendor, devotion to ancestors, adherence to tradition, respect for elders, a thirst for knowledge, and magnificent pageantry, it's hard to beat this small but dynamic country. In a modern constitutional monarchy exhibiting dramatic westernized development over the course of the past 75 years, visitors are treated to a mesmerizing combination of old-world tradition and modern technological development. In previous episodes, I've made a valiant effort to pronounce some of the key words and phrases of wedding traditions, hoping to inject elements of authenticity into the show. I'm afraid the challenges of Oriental languages are somewhat beyond my ken. Hoping to avoid any insult to the people of Japan, I'm going to try to find a way around most of those challenges. And, in fact, take a whole different approach to this episode. Uh, the one that I expect will result in a somewhat abbreviated show. Marriage in Japan is a legal and social institution at the center of the household. Couples are legally married once they've made the change in their status in their family registration sheets, without the need for a ceremony. In modern Japan, the average marriage age for men is 31, and 29 for women. Centuries ago, when physical labor was so highly valued, the groom would live with the bride's family, donating his labor for a period of time. This was called mukuiri. By the 14th century, this was largely replaced by the custom of the woman instead marrying into the man's family, called yomiiri, and marriages were often arranged by the parents. As recently as 1970, more than 40% of Japanese marriages were still prearranged. But today, only 50 years later, that figure is less than 10%. Traditionally, marriages were categorized into two types according to the method of finding a partner. Omiyai 
meaning arranged or resulting from an arranged introduction, and renai, in which the husband and wife met and decided to marry on their own. The distinction has grown less meaningful over post-war decades as Western ideas of love have infiltrated the culture. Before that, feelings of affection truthfully had little to do with it. Selecting the month and date for their wedding, a bridal couple will honor traditions extending back over centuries. There are certain periods of time that are looked upon as propitious, as well as others that are to be avoided. As you can imagine, the most popular in-demand dates translate directly into exaggerated costs based upon the dynamics of supply and demand. A Japanese wedding ceremony may be Shinto, Christian, Buddhist, or non-religious. Couples choose the style of their wedding ceremony that joins them and also incorporates many rituals that join the two families. The traditional Japanese ceremony is Shinto style, Shinto meaning the way of the gods, performed by a Shinto priest and held at a shrine or in a room with a miniature Shinto shrine where couples can perform their marriage vows. The ceremony itself is very formal and usually quite private, with only close family and a few guests present. Sadly, this traditional wedding is becoming less popular, with more and more weddings leaning towards westernization. Some western customs, inching their way into Japanese weddings, include cutting of the cake and feeding the first bite to each other, exchange of wedding rings, the bouquet toss, throwing rose petals, and going on a honeymoon. Sometimes Japanese brides also adopt the something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Traditional rituals often incorporate items that have strong symbolic meaning. For example, because of its strength and simple elegance, bamboo represents both prosperity and purity. Since cranes made for life, they stand for good fortune, longevity, and peace in the marriage. The Mitsuhiki knot given to Japanese weddings is often shaped like a crane, symbolizing prosperity and a long life. It's also traditional to fold golden origami cranes. Family is sacrosanct within the Japanese culture and the parents of the bridal couple are intimately involved in the Shinto marriage ceremony. The most popular tradition during such a wedding is the exchange of nuptial cups, called sensankudo. Sen means three, and ku translates to nine. So sensankudo means three, three, and nine. The groom and bride each drink sake three times from three different sized sake cups, called sakazuki. In this, they are symbolically exchanging their marriage vows. Following this is the sishiyojo, when the groom reads the words of commitment to the shrine gods before the shrine priest. Both the groom and the bride say their titles aloud to indicate that they agree to abide by this vow, and the couple offers a branch of sakaki, a sacred tree, to the shrine. 
Next, their parents take similar sips of sake, sealing the bond between the two families. Again, each person taking three sips of sake from each of three cups. The first three sips represent the three couples, bride and groom, and their respective parents. The second three sips represent the flaws of hatred, passion, and ignorance. And the last three sips represent freedom from the three flaws. The reception and after-party include a tradition wherein the bride frequently changes outfits, from kimonos to dresses. Some brides change three or four times, a tradition dating back to the 14th century and symbolizing the bride's readiness to return to everyday life. Grooms usually wear a mansuki, which is a formal black kimono bearing the family crest embroidered in white on both the front and the back, a hakama kimono trousers, and a loose overcoat called hayori. The bride will get married in a long, white, and I might say quite heavy, kimono called a shirumuko, symbolizing purity and the idea that she will adopt the color of her new husband's family. Her hair is in a bun, and a watabashi, a white silk hood or headdress, is worn over the bun, representing modesty and humility. She carries a small purse, known as a hakoseko, a small sword called a kaikain, and a fan in her obikomono sash, representing her happy future. As mentioned earlier, afterwards she may come to the reception in a colorful, embroidered kimono, then change into a western-style white wedding dress, and then perhaps even into an evening gown or a party dress. Contrary to what we've seen in other cultures, Japanese wedding receptions are brief, typically no longer than two hours. Absolutely every aspect of the gathering is carefully orchestrated and choreographed by the wedding hosts, right down to the announcement of when it's time to leave. Reception seating is opposite to that customary in Western cultures. There's still a VIP table, but it's filled with the bride and groom's bosses and co-workers. Family and friends aren't seated close to the bridal party at all. Instead, close family and friends take the seats furthest away, signifying humbleness to the couple's guests. During the reception, the couple sits on a stage and enjoys speeches and performances from the guests. The bride and groom typically also give speeches thanking their parents, formally acknowledging their parents with a gift of flowers, a toast, or a personal letter of love and thanks. Sometimes all three. Things to expect. <laughs> Speeches. Lots of them. Maybe a touching video about the bride and groom. Also, plenty of food, drink, and photo ops. Do not expect a DJ, live band, or dancing. They are simply not part of the culture. The formal reception is steeped in cultural tradition. Party time comes later. At the end of the reception, the wedding couple toasts all the guests just before cutting the cake, which is traditionally tall and quite large. 
Wedding favors given to guests might include chopsticks, folding fans, and sake cups. Guests are expected to give money wrapped in small, beautifully decorated paper packets. This decoration is called Mizuhiki. If you attend a Japanese wedding reception, it is expected that you bring a cash gift in an envelope called Shugi Bukawu. Your name is to be written on the front of the envelope and handed to the person at the reception prior to signing the guest book. After the reception, guests separate by age mostly, and most of the younger ones will join the Nijikai, meaning after-party, at a different location with even more food and a significantly more relaxed atmosphere. Now the time has come to party. It's important to understand that there are several things that are just plain different in Japan when it comes to weddings. To be able to enjoy this unique and exotic experience, you should keep some rules in mind when attending. First, regardless of a person's marital status, usually guests to Japanese weddings will be invited alone and you can expect these wedding invitations to be somewhat short notice, uh, maybe a month or maybe two at the most. When receiving the invitation, it's best to have a very close look at whose names are listed, since only the person the invitation is addressed to is invited. It's quite common that grooms will only invite their male friends while brides will send their invitation to only their female friends. Secondly, in Japan, it's very important to give money to celebrate big events. Weddings are no exception. Exchange rates fluctuate dramatically, but today's rate is about 108 yen to the U.S. dollar. When wedding season starts, some people turn into... Gashugi Binbo. Gashugi is the money given to the couple in a gorgeous envelope at their wedding ceremony and should be between 10,000 yen in case of colleagues and at least 30,000 yen or even 50,000 yen that translate to anywhere from about 275 to about 500 US dollars when attending a friend's wedding. Binbo means poor person, so the two words together simply mean that you should be careful not to become poor by attending too many weddings. Using new bills is another important aspect of Goshugi, since it symbolizes the celebration of a new start and also shows that the guest has prepared himself for the occasion in advance. The amount of money for the marriage gift is preferred to be an odd number, especially the first or second number of the amount. Superstitions run deep. Expenses for out-of-town guests invited to the wedding are traditionally picked up either by the bridal couple or their parents. While this may, at first blush, seem quite a good deal, remember you are expected to reciprocate dearly in the goshugi. Conversely, the newlyweds will usually give their guests quite extravagant gift bags to take home. 
Japanese weddings, while traditionally small, are a serious investment. Third is the Goshugi Bukuro, the gorgeous envelopes only used for special occasions. And these can be bought everywhere in Japan and are easily recognizable by the kanji and mizuhiki strings that are tied around them. They usually come with explanations how to fold them and where to write your name. In a way, actually, it's simpler than in European countries, since you don't have to think of how to express your feelings to the couple, but instead simply show them with a colorful envelope. Japanese are very strict about their dress code for formal events. While it is quite easy for men, a black suit with a tie of choice, customarily white, but there are a few taboos for women. First of all, never wear white. Don't wear excessive colors. A cocktail dress in plain colors is the correct choice. Do not outshine the bride. No revealing clothes. The skirt should hit right about below the knee. and Shoulders should be covered. If you don't have a dress that covers the shoulders, at least do so with a shawl. Always wear stockings. Small, simple jewelry and plain shoes that go with the dress. If it is a Shinto-style wedding, you may wear a kimono, which can be rented. However, make sure you wear the right one. Frisoda, kimono with the long sleeves, I emphasize long sleeves, is for unmarried women. Or homonji, kimono in plain colors with short sleeves, are for married women. Don't confuse them. And finally, when it's over, it's over. You know, like I said, receptions are typically brief. As soon as it is over, gather your belongings, greet the parents on your way out, and be gone. One thing you should definitely prepare for if you are invited to a traditional in-country Japanese wedding. Because you are considered a special guest, you'll probably be asked to give a speech. The speech doesn't have to be long, but do not head to the wedding completely unprepared. The list of resources found at the end of the transcript of this show includes some fascinating looks into Japanese attitudes over the millennia towards love, marriage, and social status. I encourage you to look for those uh, on the transcript and spend some time studying it if you have the interest. Finally, I promised back at the beginning to share a whole new approach to the show, resulting in what I expected to be a, an abbreviated production. While researching Japanese wedding traditions, I came across a YouTube video that offers some genuine insights into these beautiful traditions, but I felt they're simply beyond the ability of mere words to convey. So now I'm going to share with you the YouTube internet address, or URL, that will share this video. Get a paper and pencil handy. I'll read it in a moment. The URL is short and the video itself is only 16 minutes long, but it is special and worth the time and effort to view it. 
I'll read the URL quickly first to give you a feeling for its length and content, and then I'll repeat it slowly a couple times. Here's the URL. HTTPS colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch question mark V as in victory equals IJ2WZEIE7X0. Okay, I'll read it again slowly. HTTPS colon, and these are forward slashes, two forward slashes between the colon and www dot YouTube, one word, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E, dot com, forward slash, watch, W-A-T-C-H, question mark, V as in victory, equals I-J-2-W-Z-E-I-E-7-X, Zero. It's important to note that everything in the URL following the equal sign is uppercase. Any letter that you enter in lowercase after the equal sign will invalidate the URL and you'll get a failure notice. And this has been episode 13 of Traditions. Thank you for being a part of this adventure. Unless something dramatic happens to change my plans, episode 14 of Traditions will jump way back across the ocean again to the land of South Africa, and hopefully we'll be joined by a special South African co-host. And that's Traditions for today, sponsored by Your Special Day, a non-denominational wedding officiant service based in Palm Harbor, Florida. For more information about your special day, visit the website at www.your-special-day.net. I invite your thoughts and comments on today's show, or any show from the past, or what you might suggest for the future. Email your comments and suggestions to feedback at yourspecialday2.com. Again, that's feedback at your special day, the number two, dot com. I also encourage you to subscribe to this and all future episodes by clicking on the subscribe button where you launched this podcast. I'm Tom Hirsch. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay tuned. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Your Special Day, a non-denominational wedding officiant service located in Palm Harbor, Florida. Your Special Day offers small, intimate weddings where the ceremony is crafted especially for you and approved by you well in advance of your day. Eloping? Destination wedding? No time to plan? Florida is renowned for its beautiful beaches and waterfront ceremonies are common all up and down the coast, but special county permits apply. We're familiar with the regulations and happy to help. Bring us your dreams. We'll help make them reality. 
from custom written ceremonies to writing your own vows. We're here to make your special day truly special indeed. Visit our website at www.your-special-day.net or call 727-533-5433 today for more information about our service, pricing, and availability. Call 727-533-5433. Call now.